0: okay 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 so that place where you go to doom scroll that's that's overrun with racist language and and Nazis and just technical failure do your banking there now and buy your movie tickets there now and date people there now and order a car service when you need to get to the airport or the hospital there do all that through your Twitter login like I don't even want to tweet through my Twitter login homie like what are we doing
1: Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Thursday, August 10th. Today, I'm joined by Baratunde Thurston to analyze Elon Musk's race to turn X formerly Twitter, into the Everything app, a hub for commerce, social media, payments, and more. But as Baratunde explains, building something new like that in the US market might be close to impossible. We also discuss Baratunde's review of the Barbie movie, and yes, you'll want to hear his take. We'll discuss all that and much more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. happy thursday everybody welcome to the powers that be i am recording this before going to see taylor swift at sofi stadium for her last night in la so by the time you're listening to this uh i'll be hungover on just happiness and life obviously i'm joined today by Baratunde thurston to talk about x to talk about barbie and pop culture but first um, uh, do you have any strong opinions about Taylor Swift?
0: <laughs> I actually don't. I am definitely not against. It's hard to say that I'm strongly for, because I don't have much of a direct experience with her work. <laughs> she is impressive. I heard she caused an earthquake in the Pacific Northwest right. with the, the rowdiness, the, the bounciness of her fans. So anyone who can coordinate human activity to literally move the earth that's a leader right there. That's a powerful that's power. person. That's, that's that raw power. power. <laughs> uh, so I respect. I respect uh, Tay-Tay's game.
1: Also RIP to Robbie Robertson of the band, as my father-in-law called him, the engine of the band. He died on Wednesday. So heading into this concert this evening, I'm hoping maybe, probably won't happen, but maybe, Taylor, you know, you had your time in Nashville. You emerged from the Americana scene. Maybe you'll do a cover of The Wait. For the for the Zoomers in the crowd, we'll see. I love I'm that, doubtful, that you're putting in song
0: requests for Taylor <laughs> Show tonight on a thing that won't air for you know hours and hours. That's great.
1: I am wearing. I'm going to wear an R.I.P. Robbie uh, friendship bracelet uh, to the stadium, <laughs> and no one there will get the reference. Um, Bertanda, you have a piece that came out a few days ago that I thoroughly enjoyed. Like all oh, of your thank writing you. about the. Race to build the everything app. And that, of course, is a reference to X, Elon Musk's now privately owned play thing. And, you know, <laughs> he he has said he wants to make X an, an everything app. And that means social media. It means content. It means payments and commerce. He has been quoted and recorded saying he just wants to copy WeChat, which is right. the all-in-one app in China that everyone spends their time on what is your take on whether here in the U S with mm-hmm. all of the incumbent apps and platforms and payment systems, et cetera, out there can Twitter, which is already languishing ever become something that like can gain more users by being an app that everyone wants to be on because you need to be there to see your friends, to make payments, to go, to, to go shopping, to search for video. What's your take on all that?
0: Uh, no. that i mean it's the briefest i could possibly be no not going to happen there it's a it's an amazing aspiration Mm -hmm. even the aspiration itself i think is misplaced i think to start with the premise that i want to build the wechat uh for america it it puts the asian super app whether it's wechat in china or gojek in, in indonesia uh there are there are various versions of grab in singapore There are reasons that these apps, these all-in-one apps, where you have a single login and a portal to multiple services, from ride-sharing to paying your electricity bills to text messaging, engaging in sweepstakes and contests, those develop in a specific culture, technology, regulatory environment, and location. We're not in any of those things anymore. Even China isn't in any of those things. I don't know that WeChat could get born in China today. The government there, has taken a really hard line against monopolistic concentrations of audience, attention, and power. And they've been breaking, they disappeared Jack Ma, (laughs) you know, the man had too much power. (laughs) They
1: sure did. (laughs) Literally.
0: So if Elon wants to get disappeared by the Chinese government, knock yourself out, homie, go for it. But I I think the window is closed on the opportunity. I think there is a a fascination with tech things that happen in Asia that are just supposed to happen here because it's the future. It's like, no, it's, it's their future. We are just in a totally different market environment. And you already hinted at this strongly in in your setup. For Elon or anyone to launch an app that is not just competent, but excellent enough at all of these different functions for which there's already significant competition, investment, and and market maturation, just feels obviously wrongheaded. It's obviously extremely, extremely challenging to be like, okay, 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 so that place where you go to doom scroll that's that's overrun with racist language and and Nazis and just technical failure do your banking there now and buy your movie tickets there now and date people there now and order a car service when you need to get to the airport or the hospital there do all that through your Twitter login like i don't even want to tweet through my twitter login homie like what are we doing so it, it's it's a bold statement it's a it's a lofty aspiration i think even an unchallenged you know non-dumpster fire hosting ceo would have a hard time doing it and we've seen that <laughs> meta you know has tried and and they have not quite succeeded i think there are ways to pull off something close to the aspiration but the actual model of wechat in america does not feel to me like the right goal
1: it also there's sometimes and i will admit this like there's sometimes when i want to give elon musk the benefit of the doubt. Actually, I should mm. say, there were times when I <laughs> wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt when he was acquiring yeah. Twitter. I'm like, Twitter has some problems. You know, this guy has uh, helped build and scale some pretty right. big impressive right. he's companies. De- he's Maybe he's competence. got some decent ideas. Yes. Like, yeah, yes. exactly. This is one of those moments where you're like, what, you, dude, what? Like, because, yeah. and part of this is from working in tech at Snapchat for, for many years now. Like, you encounter people who talk with bluster and they're just stealing other people's ideas or just like bogarting other companies and platforms and presenting it as like a big idea um you know twitter spaces copied clubhouse like instagram copied snapchat stories and whatever and talked about these things as if they were big innovations even though someone else thought of them but like the idea of creating the everything app is something that's kind of been like bandied about by ceos of these tech companies for quite a while now and it just it not only did it feel like a kind of obviously bad idea. It just felt like a very stale idea. I was like, this is something I heard about a five years ago. ago. You yeah. know, and, and you have platforms. Snap is a good example. You have chat, content, uh, photos. Snap also has an API like Facebook where you can use your login for Snap to log mm-hmm. into other apps and platforms. Maybe Twitter can do that.
0: Well, they they used to. You know, the API is actually broken now, but Twitter had done that. Right. You log for into sure. the site with Twitter. You know, that was yeah. an old idea. The
1: other, the other thing, too, that just jumped out of me in hearing your comments is i was never going to pay for twitter blue but the idea of giving my credit card information to that company
0: (laughs) is is nuts there's one other element here i think elon musk uh, claiming he wants to turn x into the everything app is also inviting it to become the everything hack to Mm -hmm. centralize so much user data financial behavioral location in one place is just a really scrumptious target for a hacker. Mm -hmm. And and we are in terrible information security times and operational security times. And on the best day, there's still five major hacks happening. It it feels like that credit card company lost this government agency lost that private company over here handling, you know, photo sharing lost this other thing. I'm getting identity theft alerts constantly. Mm. And that's in a fragmented world. Mm -hmm. so if i get hacked once here now they've you shouldn't be able to access payment information because i'm on your platform to talk shit about politics that's just nobody wants that no no, certainly no one needs that and and if it's gonna be done elon is not the leader to secure our data future Mm -hmm. he's just he's not he fired all the trust and safety people when he took over twitter and let all kind of Horrible, horrible stuff happened. You, you've demonstrated no, and, and then the concentration of power in him—he's already got too many satellites for my for my taste. You know, like he's he's kind of a national security challenge for the global order too. He's his own almost military intelligence, you know, service and the EV thing and the solar powered thing, and now he's doing the mind stuff with the Neuralink, and he's digging tunnels with Boring, and it's like enough. Can we just put a cap? Just mm-hmm. get deeper excellence into that thing. But then to try to own the public conversation and then the, literally an everything app, <laughs> like it's a bit on the nose for the you know bond villain possibility uh, in her future. <laughs>
1: the future. The other point you make, which is astute, but also simple yeah. too many people in media and, and tech who are building platforms and building media companies miss this all the time. Who is this for? Who wants yeah. this? Which brings us to my next question. Like, there are already so many different apps and platforms in the United States marketplace for payments, for example. Cash app, Venmo, PayPal, etc. Social media broadcast content like YouTube, TikTok. Yeah. Snap, whatever, Instagram. No one wants Twitter to be anything other than what it kind of already is. Um, and this is true before Elon Musk, like a place to post, a place to get the news, maybe searching for video and pictures they've tried lots of different product updates spaces being a good one where it's like is there a demand for this i don't i don't think so so hypothetically baritone if hypothetically if there was a company in the u.s to build a hypothetical super app (laughs) um meta as you write is clearly the answer here in part because they have instagram facebook whatsapp and a variety of other (laughs) platforms what do you think that's Something they could ever attempt?
0: I hope not. But uh, <laughs> Same. <laughs> I think there are ways to pull off something like a super app without being that super. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I think what Uber is doing around mobility and deliver yourself to places or deliver mm-hmm. things to you mm-hmm. all in one app. You know, bring me food, bring me packages, send mm-hmm. me to the airport, send me on a charter bus, send me that is a logical coalescing of of functions under a brand. And a single sign in for that makes a ton of sense. That's at the kind of low end, right? Smaller functional base. At the highest end, you just leave the land of apps. Mm -hmm. And and you stop getting hung up on the idea of an app having to do everything. But you stay hung up on the idea that we are overwhelmed with siloed functional choices. Mm -hmm. I have, Almost 400 apps on my iPhone. I, I use the the system preferences to count. It's like 394, something like that. I That's, don't
1: want to do that to myself, but I'm glad you did that. I think we should on all your do own. that. In fact,
0: I think I'm going to post that on various social media accounts when we're done recording, and have people uh, play a little game with me called "How many apps you got?" <laughs> so, and if you're listening to this right now, message me on the platform and send me a screenshot. I'm baritone to everywhere. I want to know how many apps you got. I have almost 400 and the more you have, the more you lose the game, okay? Mm -hmm. So, but the people who bind those experiences together, I think there's an opportunity for a a more unified user experience across all these different siloed app containers. Mm -hmm. That's called iOS, that's called Android. (laughs) And, And those companies, because of their position on the phone, have already enabled some level of consolidation You use Apple Pay for in app purchases or Google Pay for in app purchases. You don't have to copy your credit card info amongst all these different players. They shouldn't need to know. They just need to know you're good for the money. And so, if we look at it from that perspective, it's not a simple desire to control the world. Maybe in Elon's case, it is, but I do think there is a legitimate opportunity and a legitimate challenge around us being overwhelmed with app choices and the app as the framework for how we interact with mobile devices that might just be a finite period of time you know, in our technological history. Uh, and maybe we're at peak apps. We hit peak TV, maybe we're at mm-hmm. peak apps. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know that, a, I'm sure, actually from my perspective, a WeChat super app isn't the answer, but it's in the direction which is consolidate the amount of times I have to share data in an onerous process with multiple players and help bring some logic and some synchronicity to the types of mobile experiences and value that I wanna get from the digital world. And, and so I think Apple yeah. is clearly much better positioned to do that. They're all about user experience. They don't invent, they perfect, they consolidate. They literally round the sharp edges. You know, <laughs> Their icons are soft. And, and so they are in a position to pull something off like this, uber could grow a little bit more in the space they're in and meta you know their thesis was the metaverse they might still be mm-hmm. proven right i'm glad they're wrong right now mm-hmm. but that was also their attempt to create a kind of everything app-ish environment because they got boxed out mm-hmm. uh, on the on the desktop on the handset <laughs> and so they're like okay there's a new interface coming you know what apple calls spatial computing vr we could own that possible i, I hope no one wins the totalitarian experience future. That's what they should call this. But I do believe there is need and and value to some level of consolidation. And I just want us to keep our data when we get there.
1: Yeah, it just feels like Apple and, and Google, which owns Android, like this is a hardware question. Like, I think like Apple has somewhere between like 55 and 60% of like the US smartphone market. Android has the rest. And like, right, it's like the everything where... app is
0: the, the everything app is the iPhone.
1: Correct. Someone, Correct. someone, tell Elon. <laughs> yeah, the Apple ID on our phones is yeah. the gateway to everything. Uh today I want to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you about your experience seeing Barbie. Oh yeah.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
1: Welcome back to the Powers That Be, everybody. Baritone I would like to compliment you and say, creatively, you are a versatile creator. You oh, write, you. you are on camera, you create audio. You are at the center of a Baritone flywheel, just flinging content everywhere. <laughs> but I would also like to point out that because of your background in journalism and comedy, et cetera, you are intellectually versatile. You have a lot. You have, you can participate in a variety of conversations about culture. And you saw Barbie the other day. I haven't I seen it yet. Oh. And I'm just curious what your take is, because you know, there are big, dumb conversations about Barbie, <laughs> mostly coming from Fox News, saying they're trying to emasculate men. There are more sophisticated conversations about Barbie and you know, Greta Gerwig as a female director sort of subverting gender stereotypes. Uh there are interesting business conversations about Mattel and their IP right. and what, what they are saying or not saying about Barbie and the future of Barbie. I should also say, disclaimer, my wife works at Mattel on Hot Wheels, monster trucks. Uh not Barbie, but that's cool. You know, this is a this is a family company we're talking about now. <laughs> I'm just curious, what did you think about Barbie?
0: I, I thought that Barbie was far more interesting and entertaining than it had any right to be. I was totally astounded by the level of intellectual provocation that that movie caused inside of my head. I I didn't know what I was signing up for. I went with my wife and a friend of ours and sure, I'll check it out. It was a a hot, hot, hot Sunday evening in Southern California and uh, I was prepared to be underwhelmed. And those expectations were greatly succeeded. I think it was a funny movie extremely funny movie. I think it was a clever, witty, sharp movie. And I think it had a lot going on. I, I dare say I might need to see it again, just, just to wow. pick up on a little bit more. Because you haven't seen it, Peter, I'm not going to go... I won't share my full kind of assessment because there are things that happen and some things that don't that are some of the most interesting to me. But because of the distance we are from the premiere, I will reveal a little bit and just say that I saw Barbie, I'm a man. I identify as a man, as a male. I'm a he, him, human. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I saw Barbie as a he, him. I did not grow up playing with Barbie dolls and I didn't have any siblings around my age. And my sister's nine years older, so I wasn't around Barbie a ton just in my direct household experience. I'm not invested in the whole Barbie-verse. But the way they engaged with Barbie and with Ken With feminine and masculine expectations, it kind of blew me away, and and it's it's not a it's not a perfect movie, and I think they really missed an opportunity to do something truly revolutionary with it. But once you finish seeing it, we'll talk about that, and I want to give the people listening a chance to catch up, Uh, fair enough. Not spoil that part.
1: (laughs) I know it's embarrassing. I haven't seen it yet. It's not embarrassing. It came out two weeks ago. Mission Impossible. Like I like I just going to the theater is just not. You know, I talk to Matt about this all the time on the podcast, yeah. like not in my experience and a lot of people's experiences
0: lately. I, I I saw three movies in two weeks. I saw Barbie and then I saw Mission Impossible and then I saw Oppenheimer. This is like over a 12 day period. They were all great film experiences and they were all really, really different from each other.
1: I am just hoping and maybe I'm channeling some of the folks on strike right now, but I'm hoping that these big summer blockbusters that aren't Marvel movies uh, like can sort of push the comic book stuff, not completely out of the marketplace, but, you know, make room for other films that aren't just superhero movies. Uh, That's that's my biggest takeaway from the summer uh, hits so far.
0: I, I hope you're right. I enjoy a Marvel movie probably more than the average person, but there there should be limited space in the marketplace for that of storytelling. And I think it's, it's gotten like, like the costumes, a little ridiculous.
1: <laughs> All right, Bertone, thank you so much for your thoughts. As always, everyone subscribe to Bertone's private email on Puck. Thanks so much,
0: man. Thank you, Peter. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, and Ben Landy, executive editor at Puck.